0: This is a Laughing Wing production. As soon as I touch down, him put his be behind on me. Her nicks got money out of my head, tell him come crown a king. Let the work die for 14 days, that's quarantine. I pull my heart out before my lean baby, no arm be. Pyro, big stuff, move slam my goose, slash, slap, slap, I uh, shoot, white piss nose, God bless you. Black, black, back, I'm not do black, that, that, cup, cup, goose, two big guns on me for the smoke, this own cool snoopin' monk this too. Call me cabalati, big slimaini, this lime gotti, that ain't the ghini on the bitch that's a God. from a zimi, I'll be on the whami. I high better chini from the better rallies. I'm like the Tino or Jack on a party, I'm needing my teen, yeah, right to the finals. They money talking and we talking private. I'm the correspondent. Hold on, go just slides and beside your rose, I slide a the and it's officially podcast, it's day episode 16 of Keeping It 200, NBA playoffs, day 12. I don't know why that was so hard to get out. But anyways, it's day 12 of the NBA playoffs, episode 16 of Keeping It 200. Shout out to Little Wayne and Polo G for gang gang to open up today's show as now we are on the playoffs. And last night we had four. Playoff games on tap. Usually, I do a podcast and I cover two days of games, but because last night had so many games, I felt like covering six games tomorrow would be a pain in the ass. Plus, um, we can uh, get the Raw and NXT reviews done tomorrow. Um, As I did finish Raw, but I did not finish NXT yet. I've only seen just one thing on NXT so far. So... However, let's get into the playoffs last night. It was the Wizards that finally got bounced by the Philadelphia 76ers. It was a Sixers victory, 129-112. Um, Seth Curry, 10 of 17, 3 of 6, 30 points. Playoff career high for Curry. Not the Steph Curry, Seth Curry. Former Duke Blue Devil. shout out to the Brotherhood. Tobias Harris, 9 of 17, 5 of 8, 28 points. Ben Simmons, 7 of 11, 5 of 8 from the free throw line, 19 points, 11 assists, and um, 10 rebounds. So actually, Ben Simmons had a triple-double last night. And then for Washington to end the season, Bradley Beal, 10 of 23, 2 of 7 from 3, 32 points. Rui Amora, 8 of 13, 21 points. Russell Westbrook, 7 of 20, 24 points with 8 rebounds, 10 assists. And that was pretty much all that could be said. Sixers won this game outright. They shot the ball better, just a little bit better from the field, 51% to the 49% of the Wizards. So the Wizards actually did have a really good shooting game. Both teams did not shoot the three ball well, though, as the Sixers shot 33% from three. However, the Wizards were 8 of 20 on 40%. So this really was not a good game shooting the ball from three, but they had enough just to win. Sixers out rebounded the Wizards 40 to 38. Assists were 28 to 22 Sixers. Points in the paint was 52 to 38 Sixers over the Wizards. Second chance points was 10 to 8 fast break for Sixers and fast break points the Sixers did win 17 to 9. Uh Sixers were up by as much as 21 in this game. Um and that's pretty much That really can all that be really said, though, for the Sixers team. This was a game that they needed to win. A lot of people felt, including myself, that this shouldn't even have went to um, five. But Washington was able to get a gentleman's sweep. They did lose in five. For the Wizards, now their offseason begins. And the offseason for the Wizards now starts with, are the Wizards committed to Russell Westbrook? And Bradley Beal as a team, or is it easier to break this team up and begin rebuilding? For the Sixers, uh, for the Wizards, they actually have Scott Brooks, their head coach, his contract. And now, and now that you got Scott Brooks' contract expiring for the Wizards, um, now it's really a big question: Do the Washington Wizards believe they can run this team back? And if so, I don't I don't honestly think, though, that the Wizards should run this team back. Russell Westbrook's contract is way too hefty. Bradley Beal would be better off with a better team. And there are an NBA team that would love to pick up these two. And I'm pretty sure that the Wizards are not keeping either guy. But you never know about the Washington Wizards. They might just feel comfortable with the team they have and just feel that we don't need to rush for Scott Brooks will he be back as the Wizards head coach more than likely yes but I don't believe Scott Brooks should be back as a head coach um, I just didn't feel Scott Brooks did enough for this Washington Wizards team he got this Wizards team as best as they could but I didn't think this Wizards team early in the season really this Wizards team did not pick up the steam till the second half of the season and I don't believe Scott Brooks is the coach for this team. It's honestly better for Washington to start rebuilding. They don't, they're going to have a high draft pick because they made it to the playoffs. They're not going to be in the lottery. Russell Westbrook, you know, but there's a big question though. Is there an NBA team that can pick up Russell Westbrook's salary or Bradley Beals? And if, you were a GM. Who would you want to get first? I would want to get Bradley Beal over Russell Westbrook because contract and also I look at Russell Westbrook to me is a very good regular season player. But to me, in the playoffs, it's different. It's not the Russell Westbrook that that's going to be able to carry a team in the postseason. It's not going to be a Russell Westbrook. And I don't think Russell Westbrook can be on a team like Boston and others. in mean, Boston I don't think would make that. I think Bradley Beal somewhere in Boston or the Lakers or the Suns, that would be more of a more better interest. But for Washington, it's going to be, do they want to bring this team back? And if they do, then they need to go out there and make some free agent signings. But if they don't want to bring this team back, it's get they can get some trade value. They can actually get uh, some good trade value. And for the coaches, you know, it's the same thing, you know, I didn't talk about the Boston head coach situation, but for the Wizards, there are going to be some head coaching candidates, Jason Kidd, assistant coach of the Lakers, um, you've got you've got some other options, you know, they could also maybe, you know, there could be coaches that get fired, you know, in the offseason, Tyron Lue and the Clippers don't make it out of the first round, Tyron Lue could definitely be in that category, because I don't see the Clippers see Baldwin keeping Lou if they were better last year with Doc Rivers than they were with Tyron Lou. Um but that's just a wait and see right now. Um Lloyd Pierce could be another candidate for the Wizards, but I don't know. Um it's gonna be odd what the Wizards do this year. Um usually whenever I see the whenever teams are, you know, getting ready now in the postseason now or in the off season. Usually most teams I can figure out, but the Wizards are the one team that that they could go either way and they don't really and they're not showing which way they really want to go. So So that's all right there. In our second game of four games last night, we had the Atlanta Hawks beat the New York Knicks 103-89. Trey Young 10 of 28, 3 of 11 from 3, 13 of 15 from the free throw line, 36 points. 4 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 steals. Everything that you need to know about the Hawks, they've they've been doing this entire series. They've had more offense than the Knicks. They had 4 players in double figures, all starters. John Collins, 5 of 9, 13 points, 7 rebounds, a block. You had DeAndre Hunter, 15 points on 6 of 11 with 3 rebounds, and an assist, and a block, and a steal. You had Clint Capella, who talked shit about the Knicks, and I thought the Knicks were actually going to come out in this game and at least steal this one, and then they just lose in Atlanta. But Clint Capella talked to shit and actually backed it up. Six of seven, 15 rebounds, 14 points, two blocks, a steal. Um, Bodan had was four of 11. He was only one of seven from the three on the night, but he had nine points. Kevin Herter, eight points off the bench. And, you know, the Knicks, Julius Randle, had 23 points. He was the only guy on the Knicks that had over 20. He was 8 of 21, 3 of 9, 13 rebounds on 23 points, like I've said. Um, Reggie Bullock actually came back and actually played a really good game, 4 of 10, 4 of 8 from 3, 12 points, but couldn't stop Trey Young. You had R.J. Barrett, 5 of 14, 2 of 6 from 3, 17 points. Derek Rose, who was actually really been the, the guy that's been helping the Knicks' offense actually had a really bad game. He was 3 of 11 with just 6 points. Alex Burks came off the bench 5 of 10 with 12 points. And Emmanuel quickly with 11 points in 13 minutes. So that was some good stuff for the Knicks. This is, believe it or not, this was the Knicks' best offensive game, though. Probably since Game 2. Which, you know, is... Because Reggie Bullock did not play great in Atlanta, the two games that they were there. Uh, Randall had one good game. Derrick Rose was carrying the team offensively those two games in Atlanta. Um, Alex Burks was not there, you know. So there were some better things that you saw, though, from the Knicks. Positive signs. But I don't know if this is a positive, you know. It, it Really what killed the Knicks this this playoffs was they didn't have the offense. They didn't. And they didn't have the better defense. Um, Knicks shot under 38%. They shot 40% from three, which was better than Atlanta because they actually, Atlanta was only 26% on nine of 34 shooting from three. And Atlanta was 42% from three. Uh, sorry, 42% from the field. When it came to rebounds, 48-45 Atlanta. Assist was 19-17 to 17 New York. Um, for the points of the paint, Atlanta just outplayed New York in the paint, 44 to 30. Atlanta had more second-chance points, 21 to 19. Fast break points was Knicks, they did win that by 2, 6 to 4. Atlanta was up by 19 at the most in this game. Um Trey Young though last night, um pretty much pretty much actually had this in his mind. He wasn't coming back to New York. And he wanted to make the most of it. And I feel like Trey Young in New York just plays so much better. He really does. I don't know why, but he's just so much fun to watch. Whether he was fake spitting on the ground of the Knicks arena, whether he was taking a bow when the Knicks fans were actually trying to applaud their team in the last minute, and then he hits a three and takes a bow. Whether it's, you know, it's just something with Trey Young and the Knicks, you know, I think Trey Young is just going to be that guy that's going to start having these incredible games against the Knicks, and the Knicks are just going to Knicks fans are just going to have to hate him. Um, for the Knicks, you know, they shouldn't be upset. They really shouldn't be. They were the fourth seed. They they got you know, yes, they did lose in five, but the Knicks actually still did a lot of things right in this series. You know, they actually you know Derek Rose. Really played good. You know, R.J. Barrett, this was his first year in the playoffs, so R.J. Barrett should definitely be better next year. Julius Randle should be better next year in the postseason if they make it. You know, the Knicks will have to go out, though, and they're now going to have to go out and finally go get some offense. This is where this team is at. They can't – this team next year won't be able to win 50 games if they have this team again. If they bring this whole team back, they're not going to win 50 games because they don't have the offense nightly to do that. They really don't have the offense nightly to do that. And free agent-wise for the Knicks, they've got Derrick Rose, free agent, unrestricted. You're going to have Out Burks. He's going to be unrestricted. New Orleans Noel, Alfred Payton, Frank Milakina, who's a restricted free agent. So they could – so any offer – that any other team wants to offer Frank, they they do have first rights to match it. Reggie Bullock will be a free agent, Taj Gibson free agent, Mitchell Robertson is on a team option, which I'm assuming they will definitely bring him back because his his club option is going to be very low. Um, But for the Knicks, you know, I don't see Derrick Rose coming back, I don't see Burks coming back, and I don't see... Peyton or Bullock coming back. I think the guys that they're going to keep is going to be Noel. It's going to be Gibson, Nikila, and Robertson. I don't see, you know, I don't see them keeping every one of these guys and they're not going to be able to. Derek Rose is going to go out in this off season. And he's probably going to get a really nice contract from a team. Um, out Burks. I believe there will be a team that actually overpays for out Burks. Um, because they'll just look at the first two playoff games and they'll look at this last playoff game and be like, man, maybe he's worth it. Maybe, maybe he might be. Reggie Bullock, I don't see him coming back. He's, he was not a big difference for New York when it really came to it in the postseason. He had his last playoff game that he had in game five. Yes, he did play good. But if I were the Knicks, I wouldn't bring him back. And, and that's, and that's going to be for the Knicks right now. What, what are the Knicks going to do? What do the Knicks want to do and you know for the Knicks now now they've had a good season so now this should be able to convince some free agents to maybe come to New York but the Knicks need to pick up some offensive pieces they don't need more veterans they actually need to pick up more offense they have a very good defense already with Tom Thibodeau as the coach now they need to go get out there and get some offense and that's what's going to be the big question however there could be guys like Obi Toppin quickly they could come up um next year with more development and they actually might be able to be more offense than what the Knicks have. So you don't want to take that away from them yet. So um but the Knicks though in this series just not a, just not enough offense. This was just in the defense um for what it should have been they, they didn't have the defense to stop Trey Young either. And they let other guys get um and they let Trey Young Really get guys like Capella and them really like getting that confidence and starting to shoot and then getting in there. And that's what killed the Knicks. Points in the paint, not stopping Trey Young, and bad offense. Third game of the night last night in day 11 of the NBA playoffs. It was the Utah Jazz winning in five over the Grizzlies 126 110. It looks better on the box score, but the Jazz were up by 35 at the most. Never a lead change, never a tie. It was just the Utah Jazz just playing a great game. And I really was shocked by Memphis. This was Memphis's worst game of the postseason officially. Um, Dylan Brooks, John Morant, 27 each. That was 54 combined. Both men shot 50% from the field. Um, Morant had 11 assists, um, 7 rebounds. Brooks, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. Um, for Jarrett Jackson Jr., 6 of 11, 15 points. Jonas Valanciunas, 8 of 13, 18 points. Um, for Utah, though, they hit 17 threes. They shot over 50% from the field. Donovan Mitchell had 26 in the first half. He was 11 of 16, 30 points overall, on 5 of 8 from 3. You had Rudy Gobert, 10 of 13, 23 points. Ru- Royce O'Neal, 7 of 11, 3 of 7, 17 points. Boyang Don- Bodanovich, 6 of 14, 3 of 6, 17 points. Jordan Clarkson, 9 of 20, 3 of 12 from 3. going to have to watch out for that. 24 points, though, off the bench. Jazz had 47 at the end of the first quarter. They had a career high at halftime and most points in the postseason. And this was, and this really was just the Memphis Grizzlies really just ran out of gas. The Jazz finally look better as a team with Donovan Mitchell. And the Jazz completed the douchebag sweep. They won four straight after the lead Memphis have won. And there's going to be people that say, well, the Jazz are fine now because they they got Donovan Mitchell. They're going to make it out of the second round. No, I I don't believe that yet. The Jazz still, to me, are still not a team that I'm buying into. I'm not going to buy into Um, Mike Conley left the game early, hamstring injury, so he could be doubtful for the series or could be, or he might be fine because the winner of this, the jazz series will play either the Clippers or the Mavericks. Um, but for Utah though, I'm, I'm not convinced of this team yet. I'm just not. There's still, because Utah is just one bad game away shooting from three. Or one bad Donovan Mitchell game to where the Jazz could really be in trouble and expose a lot of weaknesses. For the Jazz right now, if Donovan Mitchell has a bad game, the Jazz are not going to be able to win these games. I just got that feeling. And Mitchell has literally been the guy that's really brought offense back into this team. Other things that that we have to start looking at too is for the Jazz, Draymond Green made this great point on inside the NBA last night. Draymond said that you can't keep talking about last year because you're not last year's team. And the Jazz in their post conference with Quinn Snyder with Donovan Mitchell, just snippets of it, they were saying how they're not, you know, last year's this year this year's last year. And they're letting their and they're letting doubt come into their head where they're thinking, well, we've made out the second round, you know, and it's a success because we didn't get bounced three one in the first round, you know, and we didn't blow a three one. It, you know, that's true. But for the Jazz, though, this team really to me, this is going to be the big question of what they do in the second round. Um because if they play da- they they better hope they can play Dallas. Because if they play the Clippers, I don't see. I, I see more trouble for them. With Dallas, I think they would be able to stop Dallas. Because if they if if they can just hold Tim Hardaway Jr. and others, and just let Luka Doncic beat them, that's going to be the big that's going to be the big thing that goes forward. That's going to be really it. If they play the Clippers, they're going to have to play Kawhi, and Paul George. Reggie Jackson has been shooting the ball very good now offensively since they've replaced him, um, since they've replaced Paul, Patrick Beverley. And I don't think the Jazz want that. I really don't. I, I mean, they might, but if I were the Jazz, I would want to play the Mavericks. The Mavericks are the weaker team, and I believe the Jazz can beat the Mavericks. If they play the Clippers, I couldn't see – I could see the Clippers actually taking them to seven, but they, they might win it. But But it's very tough for me to buy into this Jazz team just yet. It really is, and I'm still not going to buy into the Jazz yet. And, you know, but very good game for the Jazz. However, for Memphis, there's nothing to be upset about for Memphis fans, and I'm not upset at Memphis at all. I think Memphis really has a complete team right here. They only have one free agent. It will be Justice Winslow. They probably will not be bringing Winslow back. Um, There's no reason to bring Justice Winslow back. Um, But when you look at the Memphis Grizzlies... They've got Jared Jackson Jr., Valentinus, Brooks, Morant. This is already four of your five starters that you really need. Kyle Anderson would be the only guy that I would try to replace. I'd try to move Grayson Allen maybe to Kyle Anderson's spot. Maybe Grayson Allen would be better. Or DeAnthony Melton. Um, and that's what I would do. You know, to Memphis, Memphis this offseason is going to have, you know, the question do they want to maybe trade a couple of things and get a little bit better or do does Memphis feel like we've got a good team we'll make a a good draft pick and we'll just keep moving forward with the team that we have that's going to be Memphis in this offseason but shout out to Taylor Jenkins for the Memphis Grizzlies head coach he was really he really could he really has been able to coach this Grizzlies team and give the Grizzlies confidence that they need for the Jazz Um, well, sorry, sorry for the Grizzlies, John Morant, Morant really stepped up and Morant actually proved to a lot of people that he can really be a game changer in the playoffs. So Morant give credit to him, give credit to Brooks, Jonas Valanciunas though. I could definitely see a lot of teams wanting to pick up Jonas Valanciunas or making a call for a trade because Valanciunas actually does have a lot to offer for a team. And our last game of the night, it was the Clippers Losing at home to Dallas, 105-100. Game six is going back to Dallas. What game? When, when will that be? Friday. Yep, Friday. Um, so Friday, it's going to be the Clippers, Dallas in Dallas, and it's the story of the entire postseason for the Clippers, and it's been the entire story of the postseason for the Mavericks. The Clippers are not stopping Luka Doncic. Tyron Lue is proving that he's not a very good coach because when coaches coaches don't... Let me just tell you this here. Championship coaches, Phil Jackson is not letting someone get 42 every single time in the playoffs. He's just not going to do that. When it comes to Championship head coaches like Eric Spostra, Pat Riley, etc. I could go on. They're not going to keep letting that same person just keep having 42 and just saying, well, we're just going to let everybody else. We're just going to let this one guy have his game and everybody else. You know, when Larry Brown in 2004 with the Detroit Pistons in the championship, he didn't let Kobe Bryant have those games. Chauncey Billups and all of them made the effort, we're going to stop Kobe and we're just going to let Shaq beat us. For Dallas – for sorry, for Clippers, Tyron Lue is just saying, well, we're not going to stop Luka Doncic, and we're not even going to make the effort. We're going to stop everybody else. And it's it works with Dorian Finney-Smith. It works with Chris Stapps. It works with Boban Marjanovic. It works with Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleber and Jalen Brunson, Josh Richardson. But it doesn't work when Tim Hardaway Jr. has 20, and it doesn't work when Luka has 42. To me, here's what Dallas will have to do to just close out this game. Uh, Stats, though, before I go into this. Luka Doncic, 17 of 37, 6 of 12 from 3, 42 points. Tim Hardaway Jr., 6 of 19, 20 points, 3 of 10 from 3. Um, Finney Smith, Chris Stapps with 8 each. Boban Marjanovic with 9. All three of these players were close to having 5 players in double figures. Dallas didn't shoot the ball better, though. They they really just shot it literally 41.6% to the Clippers, 41.2%. Both teams had the same amount of threes with 14 rebounds, 47 to 45 Clippers, assists, 25-21 Clippers, five steals to the nine steals of Dallas. Dallas had more steals, you know, and the Clippers actually had more blocked shots with 10 compared to the two for Dallas, so... Points of the paint was really close to 38-36 um, Clippers. Second chance points, 11-7 Dallas. Fast break points, 8-6 Clippers. Mavericks were up by 16 at one point. This game had 8 lead changes, 6 ties. Now we can get into this here. For this team now, for the Clippers, it, this is very worrisome because they held Dallas to 16 points in the fourth quarter. And they outscored them in the fourth, 25-16. Third quarter, though, they let Dallas outscore them, 33-21. And Dallas did not play a great fourth quarter. They didn't, but they had Luka, so that's all that matters when you've got this team. And when Luka and Tim Hardaway Jr., and you know, to to the Clippers' credit, you know, the whole goal has been just to stop other players. They're not stopping Luka. And you look at Reggie Jackson for the Clippers – Seven of sixteen, six of twelve from three, twenty points. Paul George was seven of fifteen, three of seven, twenty-three points. Kawhi Leonard seven of nineteen, twenty points. Kawhi was one of seven from three, so it wasn't good shooting from Kawhi. Paul George did have ten rebounds, six assists. Kawhi had five rebounds, five assists, a steal, two blocks. Paul George had three blocks. You know, and you know, and they had all five players in their double figures. They even had Nicholas Batum with ten points, which is very rare. And Marcus Moore, senior, since Game Three in Dallas has actually stepped up. He's five of thirteen, four of eight from three, sixteen points. Rajon Rondo didn't have a great game. He was 0 of six um, off the bench. And right here for for the for the Dallas Mavericks, you know, literally Luca has been their carrying force, and they don't have anything else to stop this team. Like when you think about it, it was five starters all in double figures for the Clippers all five stars were in double figures Dallas only had two starters in double figures and two players in double figures the entire game and Rick Carlisle's approach has been well we're gonna just let Paul George and Kawhi get their shots you know and and they've not and they've actually held Paul George and Kawhi down with bad three-point shooting but you know they're letting other guys, but look, Rick Carlisle's letting guys like Reggie Jackson, and others try to beat them. And to Reggie Jackson's credit, seven of sixteen, he was he was six of twelve from three. He was he actually shot that ball great. Marcus Moore senior kept them alive too. But now for the Dallas Mavericks, you know they they need Kristaps Porzingis to have a twenty point game. They need Dorian Finney to have a fifteen point game, and they need Tim Hardaway Jr. to have a twenty point game again. And that's what will get Dallas this victory, because Luca can do all these great things, but you don't want to go back to Game Seven in LA. You want to go ahead and finish this out in six, and you know you can finish this out in six. For the Clippers, though, you know what's just been the problem though for the Clippers? Tyron Lue, just bad coaching, and they can't and they don't stop Luca, and you think that they could be able to stop Tim Hardaway Jr., but when you let guys like Tim Hardaway Jr. just get that confidence and get 20, and and that's really all Dallas needed was just a 20-point game from Tim Hardaway Jr. and 42 from Luka, and they won this game. They didn't even play great in the fourth quarter, and that's tough now. That really is for the Clippers because Kawhi is really trying to put in these Kawhi, – Kawhi didn't shoot the ball great, but Paul George has actually been playing really good in this postseason. He really has, and it's just bad that, you know, however, Draymond Green, again, on the inside of the NBA, said that Paul George is going to have to take more shots and make them, and is going to have to do the same thing too, and that's probably what's going to have to happen for Kawhi and Paul George. Both guys are going to have to have over 40 points for this team to go ahead and get back to Game 7, because they're not going to stop Luka, and they've already made that clear that they're not going to stop him, and Luka... I don't think they have a guy that can really stop Luka. They're not putting Paul George or Kawhi Leonard on him, so I guess they want Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to be more preserved for the offense or stop the other guys. However, what the Clippers' approach should definitely be now is trying to stop Luka and just let the rest of the team beat them because Chris Porzingis is not even averaging a whole five rebounds in this playoff series. He only had six in this game, so there's no reason why this should be an issue. However, we're going to see if the Clippers make the right adjustments. What will the Clippers need to do to get back to Game 7? They're going to need Kawhi and Paul George to just score 40 each. Or have one guy score 40 and hope guys like Reggie Jackson and them keep their offensive um, spur going. If they don't, it's it's more than over for this team. Um, very, very disappointed for this Clippers team though, because the Clippers actually should be playing way better, but Hey, Luka Doncic, give credit to him. He's he's literally just he I think I think he's happy to play Tyrone in the Clippers. And Luka's just having these games where now Luka's just now having just I mean, I thought that the neck injury was gonna be the big issue. But now it's not even issue. This this game, Luka just came out and proved everybody wrong. So Now on to day 12 of the playoff preview tonight. It's only two games on tap, and then we have one game Friday. So we're going to get into all three games. We're going to preview all of them. For the Denver Nuggets, um, Portland Trailblazers is in Portland at the Moda Center in Portland, Oregon. Um, Denver is plus five, the underdog. They're the underdog money line at plus 163. I would buy into Denver. Denver plus five. Um... I got the Nuggets winning this series anyway, but plus five Denver, just in case this game is close. Take the plus five for Denver. For the Lakers' Suns, this is pretty much what NBA Twitter will probably be wanting to see tonight, because if the Lakers lose in six, this is going to be a big issue. I don't know if Anthony Davis is playing. Um, I'm I'm 90% sure that he's going to be playing. Lakers are the favorite, minus two. They're the favorite on the money line at minus 134. The Suns, plus two, plus 112 money line. I'm going to say Lakers cover the minus two, and we're going to get a game seven in Phoenix. Um, I don't see LeBron losing in six in the first round. I don't see LeBron losing this game in L.A. tonight. Um, so I take the Lakers minus two. One game Friday. It will be the Clippers-Dallas Mavericks. And um, this is the game six in Dallas. Dallas is the underdog plus two and a half. That's all I need to see. Clip, uh, Mavericks are going to be the plus two and a half. I've just take the plus two and a half. And Saturday and Sunday we have the second round of games starting, but we're not going to get into that till probably Saturday. So, anyways, though, but that was all for keeping it 200 episode number 16 is there any new songs out tonight um yeah there's probably not. yeah the new apology album's not till, out till june 11th but anyway so that was all for keeping it 200 episode 16 um make sure to check us out on spotify afterwards and thank you for watching and talk to you guys soon